Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit claritytoprosperity.com. I got an exciting topic today, one I'm obviously very, very passionate about, but converting no-shows to newbies how to nurture your event leads. I find this is a, is a fascinating one anyway, because I know we get a lot of requests for, through our Mentor Connect platform that I've spoken with many of you on and some of our other advisors. I know a lot of you may have reached out to your sales reps on topics like this. We have this come up a lot. We actually touched on this at the Mastermind Collegium, one of our sessions on marketing just a couple weeks ago. And so we thought, what a better way to bring this back together and share this kind of an open forum topic in our coffee break format. Uh, and then bring in some of our other experts that can provide even more value to all of you with a great panel today. We have Diana Cabrisis, and I think Diana might be might be still logging on from Snappy Kraken, our partner here. Diana's getting logged in here. Uh, Gary Pelfrey, who's our resident expert, a lead conversion guy over at JL Smith. Don't let him confuse you. He's got the Jason Smith name tag here. We, we're, we're upgrading from Jason today, I guess, right, Gary? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then Andy Tripp from Pellegrini Team Consulting. Again, our preferred partner here for, for calling and scheduling, working with Andy and his team for a long time. So thank you, Andy, as well, for joining us. Thank you for having us. But uh, to kind of get things kicked off, I guess, Gary, I'll turn to you first. When we talk about seminar follow-up in general, obviously you've got the attendees that are there, some that are booking directly with each of you with right fit calls. And then there's the other side, the no-shows too. And I know that's a lot of the questions we get of what do I do with those? How do we treat those? Can you share with our audience first, and then we'll turn to our other panelists of what your approach is for handling the two, our, our attendees versus the no-shows for, for events? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me today. Really, you know, my, my structure, my process is the same with both of those. Obviously the attendees that do book, you know, we take them through, you know, a conversation called the right fit call. Where we're really gathering a lot of information, getting them to open up about their goals, their objectives, their priorities, and really gathering as much information as I possibly can. One, to see if they're a right fit for the firm from a client minimum stance. And also a bit of, you know, if they're a right fit from a, you know, a, a character stance. So we're really kind of evaluating, you know, if this is someone that, you know, we want to work with. And then, you know, with the no-shows, you know, really what we're doing is trying to get them also on the calendar for that right fit call. You know, at times we're contacting these shows and I really want to kind of go right into you know, the same process that I would with an attendee. A lot of the no-shows, they have that initial interest. They want to learn about something. They know they have a need for something. Most of them don't know what it is. You know, we've stirred some emotion with the educational workshop, which has really kind of triggered them to say, hey, I need to do something, but I don't really know what it is. So I kind of set the expectation the same way, um, you know, sharing with them, you know, that our firm is really, you know, we use that the, the phrase, you know, we can't be everything to everyone, but we can be everything to some people. And tell them, you know, that our firm is really designed to help a specific individual. So we're setting that expectation right out the gate. And a lot of times I can save myself some time immediately with that question. They may come back and say, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe we don't have the investable assets to work with your team. 
I'm still advising them, pointing them in, in the right direction. But the, you know, the process is the same, Matt, you know, whether it's a right. attendee or a no-show or a, a register. So that's really my focus is to make the connection, qualify the prospect, and really gather as much information as I possibly can to supply to my lead advisor or whichever advisor that I would be lining them up with in our hierarchy at the firm. Okay. And I, I guess Andy then, like, cause I know Andy's team helps us with our, our call follow-up at jail. While the process might be the same, does your team tailor those conversations differently when you're following up with someone that's attending versus a, a no-show? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll tailor the language or the scripting a little bit differently for an attendee versus a no-show. But the process is, like, like Gary was saying, is, is pretty much the same for both. What's interesting is those no-shows seem to have a little bit, a little bit higher set ratio because they, they obviously signed up for the seminar or the event and had some interest in the topic for whatever reason they might not make it something came up they can't be there but when we have our schedulers reach back out to them they're a little bit easier to set so but as far as the process goes what we do is we make three attempts to a seminar attendee and actually four attempts to a seminar no-show and what i mean by attempts is we'll make a call we'll wait Three business days later, we'll make a second call, leave a second message. Another three business days after that, we'll leave a third message. Kind of the idea behind that is to create a sense of urgency. So that person's like, okay, I want to call this person back. We leave pretty generic messages to to get them to call us back. And then we're able to to get right into our language when when they do call back. So the only thing that's different is with attendees then we'll go ahead and send a final email to give them one last chance. And so, you know, that's helpful. And sometimes, you know, people communicate or will respond differently to an email rather than a, than a voicemail or a a live call. The other thing that we notice is cell phone numbers are key. If you want to utilize another resource, which is then texting, if you can text somebody and, and schedule them or get them to, you know, open a dialogue with you, that's just another tool in the tool belt that, you can use to, to schedule somebody. Yeah, those are all great. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I want to add with the no-shows or the registrants, you know, a lot of time when Andy's team will get them on my schedule, you know, I'll mention to them, you know, did you enjoy the, the workshop? You know, and, and I already know they didn't watch it. So a lot of times they'll come back and they'll say, well, I didn't get to view it and I really would like to view it. You know, I'll tell them, hey, we have your email. We can send you over the replay and you can book this conversation with me again after viewing But are there any topics on your mind today that I can help you address? You know, and it really kind of sets them at ease, right? They know they're going to be watching the replay, but yet then I will start getting a lot of of questions, which really opens them up. So I'm booking a lot of those even before they even view the uh, the replay. But Andy's right. A lot of those are, you know, no shows, the non-attendees can be easier because they have a lot of concerns and they just really don't know you know, what those are. We, yeah. And I'm glad you both mentioned that because we have that come up on, on mentor calls. A lot of the times that a lot of advisors aren't doing, they're not calling the no shows. And I share, I, Gary, you can confirm. I know it, at least it used to be like, at one point it was like this, that we were actually getting more right fit calls booked from no shows 
than we were from attendees that did not book directly on that. And so there, there is, there's a lot of power in that. Like Andy said, they still had a pain point or a question they needed answered. It's just, they didn't get the chance to do that right after that appointment because they couldn't attend for some reason. And Andy, the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is a good segue is, is the attempts. And we covered that in, in my session at the mastermind collegium on the power and staying in front of them of that, you know, to close a sale these days, depending on the figure you're looking at, the average we had on there was somewhere between eight to 13 touch points. And we obviously have the seminar and the things that any of you as advisors are doing. And then whoever's calling, whether you're doing that in-house or using a group like Andy's there, but then mixing in the email nurturing as well. And I think that's Diana, a good transition to you where that's a great supplement for, for advisors to be using to the calling and, and that they, a way to automate a little bit of that. So if you could speak a little to any tips that you could share on how they can start to automate that email nurture follow-up after a seminar. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Andy and Jason really love your insights. I, I took away a few things there. Replay being so important, texting being such another great channel, but to focus in on email, there's absolutely a way that advisors can automate and scale the post-event follow-up process. Now I say that, but one of the first things that I think is most important is to do a little bit of that more personal one-on-one -on -one follow up the phone calls right but after that phone call now you have to get back to regular business and, and work and life how can you continue scaling the nurturing we know lead nurturing is better in many cases than just lead generation alone so what we find at snappy kraken is our advisors have a lot of success by you know, whatever that topic that your event was on, be it social security, be it retirement, taxes, we create what we call lead magnets across all of those different financial topics. Whether you're using us or you're creating it on your own, this is still very valuable advice. So social security, for example, we've created a six page lead magnet on, you know, when do you claim social security? What's the pros and cons, depending on the age that you begin collecting? And what does that really mean to you and, and your family? If our event was on social security, that's the exact lead magnet that we want to start nurturing those guests with, whether they attended or not. And so that's done over a course of at least four weeks to start around that specific topic. So once a week, that's our sweet spot number for the email nurturing. More than that, you do risk getting higher unsubscribes and opt-outs. Less than that, you, you also risk the same, right? That, that really is that sweet spot number. Once a week, we'll just be checking in with them. Hey, you know, thanks for coming to the event. I've got something really valuable for you on the topic or if you weren't able to make it, there's something really valuable here for you. It really dives into some of the things that we talked about. And, and so every week you're just kind of nurturing them. And after a certain point, if they don't really engage or respond, then we even get a little shorter with our emails. We call it the nine word email. It's, it's actually more impactful than people think. And it's, hey, just checking in to see if you need any more guidance with this. Believe it or not, those are the ones that get the higher responses than like the full-blown talking about social security emails. So again, think about the topic, make sure your lists are segmented, continue adding value around that specific topic. And at some point after that one email a week sequence, you might just start to move into other topics that also, you know, these people based on their age, their gender, their location, they're also going to be interested in. 
we we've actually tried that the nine word email and done that <laughs> at jail since that yeah we we had some nice success with that and it's it's not yeah. something i think you can do all the time it's you have to work that in yep. at the right time but it is that simple do you still need help with blank and it's amazing how how simple it it kind of takes the which pains me to say as the marketing guy it takes all the marketing speak and design and all that out of it and just yeah. it cuts to the core of do you need help with this issue yep. um yep. no but that's great and and actually you and i think andy mentioned it the texting too it's it's so powerful and and can kind of cut through all the other noise because there are so many emails and phone calls things like that but this is like my obligatory compliance. You can tell is in the back of my head. Check with your compliance if you are texting. You can tell I've had enough of those conversations with our <laughs> compliance team. So just making sure that we throw that out there if you're doing that. Um, but the other thing you mentioned, Diana, which which ties into what, what Gary and Andy had shared is the, the timing of all of that and the speed to lead. And so, you know, a Andy, I, I think all three of you could speak to this, but maybe you could talk about uh, the timing of those cadences and how important it is to start those as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. The sooner that we have a list of people after an event, the better, right? So typically how it works with JL Smith Group and a couple other people we're working with is they can get the leads to us, you know, the day after the event or a couple days after the event, and we get them uploaded into our call tracker. And I won't spend too much time on that, but once they're uploaded, the, the process is, is really set and the cadence starts right, right away. As soon as we get those names, we'll make that first call. And then, you know, like I said, we believe in, you know, creating a sense of urgency, a couple voicemails once every three days so that, that they know, you know, we, we want to get in touch with them. There's a little bit of urgency. And then as far as, I guess, mixing in the, the email and text, as Diana was saying, is it's all about process, right? It's about process and tracking. So if, if you're going to do this stuff, you might as well write it down and follow it for a little bit and then also track everything so that you can see what's working and what's not. That's, I think, a key thing that we keep our schedulers held accountable for is to track every dial, every email, every text so we can see what's working. And, you know, that's something that when we have conversations with other advisor groups, as we always ask them, you know, so what are your current, you know, tracking ratios, you know, who's doing this in house and why do you want to, why do you want to delegate it to somebody else? You know, what's your success rates like? And a lot of them don't have the answers. So I guess that's one thing to really think about is keeping, keeping in mind what the expectations are. And you do that by tracking and following the process. Right. Yeah. And b before I turn this to Gary, just kind of the, I don't mind throwing out a shameless plug, but we do have a seminar and campaign tracker that's available to all of our advisors through the LMS. So if you don't have access to that, go on and get, if you need help with it, reach out to me, reach out to your sales rep, but we'll get you that. Cause like Andy said, you can't know if it's working if you're not tracking it. So just so you know, you do have that resource available to you, but Gary, did you want to then speak to kind of the, the, the timing of that follow-up and the, the speed to lead on your end? Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer.
Uh, yeah, I mean, from my end, my, my goal is, you know, to have that conversation, the right fit call. And if I do find that qualified prospect, I want them in my advisor's calendar within two weeks, you know, primarily. So we don't lose any of that, you know, flavor or that, that sauce, if you will. You know, that's, that's my goal, you know, because then the stay ratio goes through the roof. Um, you know, all the while right. we're nurturing them from right fit call to discovery with the short videos from their advisor. We're sending out, you know, our book, the bucket plan. So we're also making a few additional touches in between, you know, the fit call and discovery. Nick Ryland had a question typed into the chat for Andy. I'll go ahead and read that. Andy, you mentioned three attempts to seminar attendees and then a last chance email. And this is for attendees that didn't sign up for the right fit call, question mark. Yes, absolutely. That would be for the attendees. They went to the event, they listened to the event, they downloaded it. You know that they were there. And so we would do at least three attempts via the phone. And we still believe we're kind of old school at the, like Diana was saying that the phone adds a little bit more of a personal touch rather than sending a follow-up email or you know a text, right? And so we believe in those three attempts via phone, and then add an email or text afterwards. Great. Did that answer the question? And, yeah. yeah, and if again, if there's any more questions, please drop those in just like Nick did there. We'll make sure that we address those. Um, yes, it sounds like that answered Nick's question there. For, for Diana, then turn it over to you. It's it, kind of the same. I'm going to do the two-part question for you is the, the timing on your end of when they should start like the, the drip or the email nurturing campaigns with their audience. But if you could also work in kind of the tip, I know we talked about this and you've done seminars with, with our advisors here at C2P. We actually have one, I think coming up in like an hour and a half here. So if anyone wants to sign up, Maybe we can get that link dropped in the chat too. Yeah, so Diana will be, we get, we get Diana twice today. So even better. But one of those tips that was shared early on was the better you can segment that audience with your nurturing campaign, the better, meaning don't just take everyone you have in your database and drop those into the same one, try and tie those into maybe the other in-person or virtual seminars you've done. So if you could kind of speak to both of those, Diana. Absolutely. So the first part, we don't have like a set, you know, hey, it has to be one day after the event. I think every event, the nature of it is always a little bit different, especially if you're having people travel in, right? Following up that very next morning at 9am sharp might not be the best thing. You might want to give them a little more time to sort of ease back into the, the workday, if you will. Our rule of thumb is typically within three business days, you know, they should have that first email sitting in their inbox, but judge it right? Judge it. And then the, the second part of your question, as far as segmentation is something that I wanted to talk about. So I was so glad that you asked me. Segmentation is so, so, so important, but often overlooked or misunderstood. So there's a lot of different ways you could segment your lists of attendees or those who didn't attend. You know, obviously if there's an overall theme or topic that you're focusing on, again, going back to that social security example, then that should be one of the first types of like nurturing campaigns you put them in. It should follow along that same theme, but you might recognize throughout your attendee list that, you know, half of them are women. And if you've got content built specifically for women, that would be amazing content to hit them with as you continue to nurture and build credibility over time. 
the, the risk that you run when you take everybody in your attendee list and you start subscribing them all to the same nurturing campaigns, month one, month two, and beyond, is that, again, perhaps you're going to risk getting more unsubscribes because over time they feel your content's not as relevant to them as it, as it really should be or could be. But if you have a portfolio of diverse content, if you've got content around, you know, specifically for women, if you've got content for medical professionals, maybe you're collecting this information where, you know, what's, what's your title? And you can see this person's a doctor, right? Hitting them with that specific content is going to be much, much better as far as the outcome is concerned when it comes to eventually converting that person or at least getting them on a meeting with you. The content's more relevant to them. It, you know, they're more excited to open the content, to consume it, to get your emails every single week. And the only way you can do that is if you're segmenting. And the only way you can segment is if you're collecting proper data. So we are, we are you know, proponents of not asking for too much upfront, but there's something to be said about an event where you're meeting with somebody, you're talking to them, maybe you shake their hand, they feel your energy, you can get a little more personal, you can dig a little deeper and, and ask them these questions. What are your hobbies? What are your interests? Do you like golfing? Do you like gardening, right? Send them content around that. Tie in a financial lesson with it. So again, segmentation, super important. Ask the right questions, collect the right data. It's beyond just the email address. There's more things you can collect about people and then leverage that into your marketing. No, that's very helpful. Thank you for, for sharing that and for kind of simultaneously answering both of those. That was helpful. <laughs> Gary, I'll come back to you next real quick, because I know there's something that, that I wanted you to share with the whole audience that you've done for, for our team at C2P, but a lot of our advisors done right the calls with you, is when you used to, you used to kind of handle both for us at JL Smith, the, the lead and live lead calls before we started using Andy's team there, um, and then you were so good at it that you had to start only handling right fit, and that's when we brought in Andy's team. But could you share with everyone, with some of those that are doing those in-house that, that are following up directly, kind of what, what your secret to success there? Because you were able to not just have that call and then book a right fit call the next step in the process and then get them to discovery. A lot of times, like what I tell everybody is like Gary was the master at like getting them on the phone once and, and being able to transition and handle both calls at the same time. Yeah, I mean, really what I try to do is I, I try to get them to open up, you know, and, and, and get them talking. So asking open-ended questions, you know, what is, what is your main concern in regards to social security? Or what is your main concern in regards to taxes and retirement? A big part of the right fit call from a prospector stance is listening. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up in being the one that wants to talk because we feel like we can push the you know, the success needle a bit better, but really, you know, it's about note-taking, asking open-ended questions, taking a ton of notes. And that's really how I would get those, you know, ones that hadn't booked, but yet had registered to open up, you know, by asking those simple questions, what's your main concern? Um, and then from there, I mean, they're going to tell you, you know, and, and if they're comfortable with you and you come across as professional, you never have those obstacles when you get to you know, what are your investable assets, the three funnels, the pre-tax, the after-tax, the tax-free? Because once you've gotten that information and really kind of broken it down into those three funnels, that's exactly what the advisor needs. You've gotten, you know, work history, you've gotten, you know, retirement systems that have been paid into, um, you know, annual income, ages, you know, which sometimes can trigger certain needs. 
as uh, Deanna said. So, you know, that's, that's really, you know, was my kind of my craft, my goal there was, you know, getting those ones that didn't attend the, the virtual to start opening up and talking. And it's usually easier because they don't know, right? They don't know. They just want help. So that, that's really where my success came in, Matt, is, uh, you know, being yeah. a great listener and a great note taker and knowing how to ask open-ended questions. And, you know, you're going to weed out the ones very quickly that don't want to go any further, you know, with the conversation, which is fine, which is fine. You yeah. take out of that and you move on. For in-person seminars, do you recommend only offering a right fit call, a full hour in-person session, or both? We want to do a right fit call just as we would do on the virtuals, um, because, you know, the goal is to keep our lead advisors in front of qualified prospects at all times. We don't want to spend an hour if it's something we could have clarified on a half hour call. So the process is the same, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, whether it's a COI referral or a client referral, you know, or a tax, you know, referral, Medicare referral, the process is the same. Great. And, and I guess a similar question from Sean earlier that thank you, Andy, that answered is, is this the same process for webinars instead of seminars? I, I would echo Andy's comments there that, yeah, I would try and follow this as close as possible. You might get a lot more per people that will book while they're there in person, especially if you have the, the capabilities, if you have a computer, an iPad or somewhere where you can book them there, I'd try and get them on there. But you're doing the same thing on a webinar. You're just probably doing it via Calendly or a booking. And I guess that's something we didn't even really get into, but I will kind of leave with that for any of you, if you aren't using a booking software like that to, to sync with your calendar. And because we got to remember, it's we, we want it to work for our schedules here. But it's about being convenient for the consumer, for those that you're trying to work with and using a software like a Calendly or a booking.com or a few others out there. It helps on both sides. And Andy, it looks like you want to add something to that too. Yeah, I'd love to add something to that. The, the Calendly links or the, the software is, is key. It's definitely key. But what we found is confirmation calls, picking up that phone again, mm. giving them a call the day before to verify the meeting is huge in upping the that kept appointment ratios. In addition to that, I would also say that in order to get some of these right fit calls on the calendar, what we found is that advisors that might book some evening appointment time or be a little bit more flexible with their schedule to get some of these people on the calendar that's convenient for them. So we have some advisors that one night a week, they'll do you know, 5.30, 6.30 p.m. appointments. Another group actually does, blocks out time for same day appointments. And that's huge too. So, you know, if you get somebody on the horn that that's interested and they want to speak with somebody right away and you can get them on the calendar that yeah. afternoon, it's huge. So blocking out time for these types of calls to initiate the conversation is a key part to this whole process as well. No, that's, <clears throat> that's great. And that's a great point to leave us with. Thank you, Andy, because that's what it's all about. How do, how do we get more conversions out of this? And once again, that half hour went by really quick, but thanks everyone for joining us. We will make sure in the follow-up in the email for next week, we'll get you the contact information for Andy at Pellegrini and Diana at Snappy Kraken, so that if you do need assistance or have additional questions in either of these areas, you'll be able to access them and reach out. Like I said, we use both resources over at JL Smith. And then if you are able to join us later, we hope to see you on the snappy cracking seminar in a little bit here with diana but thank you again everybody for joining us and we look forward to seeing you on coffee break next thursday interested in learning more about the topics discussed today 
We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.